So if you're a baby boomer and you're getting ready for retirement and uh, you're making plans, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to invest? Interesting question, right? can be a confusing time for a lot of reasons because a lot of us aren't really into that area. But guy who is, is Andrew Tignanelli, who is the founder of the Financial Consulate, a fee-only financial advisory firm, sitting in today for Ryan Fox. And Andrew is the boss. So good morning, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing great, Gary. How about you? Doing well. Great to have you back on again. So, you know, for a lot of people who are baby boomers right now and they're thinking about retirement, and yet you see a lot of things flying at your finances right now, you're saying, geez, how do I how do I get investment management in retirement? What say you? Well, I am a baby boomer, so I guess I can talk. Well, there you go. I'm also an investment advisor, so I guess that helps. Um, um, you know, it's a complicated question because uh, everybody's got a uh, you know a way. You know, you got your people pushing the annuity products. You got your people pushing passive investing. People pushing active investing, and so forth. And the answer to the the your question, Gary, is that a, a lot of those things can work. You just have to understand what each one. What's the risk and what's the reward of each one, and what are you trying to accomplish? I like to say it this way, Gary. You know, your age should determine your goals, and once you lay out your goals, your goals then determine your investment strategy. Right, right, which makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the things I remember when you and I talked last time was the idea that you used to be, uh, you know, one of the guys who sold a product. But as you sold the product, uh, you said, gee, the product doesn't have application to everybody. And I guess in this situation, too, when you're talking about putting together investment management and retirement, that one product is not going to have application to everybody here either, which is one of the reasons that you started the business you started. That is correct. I, you know, I started out as a commission-based person. You know, you had certain products you could sell, and you know, it was like you were a hammer and everything was a nail that you saw. You know, you just wanted to get it to to buy what you had. And um, um, nowadays, as a fee-only advisor, we're looking at everything. So, you know, we don't we don't say that there's there's any investment that isn't doesn't have some form of merit but we're always looking at each and every one and saying you know hey if it's the best for our client we can do it because we're independent fee only and that's the kind of advisor you want to be working with and that doesn't doesn't have to be the financial consulate but it's just good advice get a fee only advisor who's dedicated to looking at the world of opportunities and then choosing the one that's best for you without any consideration toward an economic bias. Andrew, I was thinking of something last time when you were talking to me about this, and it just hit me, and I thought I'd throw it to you as an example that, you know, nothing wrong with people selling a product either. We're not, we're not saying that, but it seems to me that when you, when you sell that product, you get a key, and it opens you up to a relatively small room of choices, and there are other choices out there that maybe would best fit your portfolio. When you get the key in your kind of situation, it opens up an entire warehouse where you get to look around at all the various kinds of things that might uh, apply to you and get to pick and choose a little bit with the help of an advisor like you. Well, you know, when somebody is independent and fee only and uh, just strictly a registered investment advisor, Gary, I can, I can pretty much go to any brokerage firm in the country and unless the product they have is completely proprietary to them, 
I can get it for our clients. Right. And there are very few products nowadays that are extremely proprietary. And usually when they are, Gary, there's a reason, and a good reason. <laughs> is, is there one thing that you would say, uh, you know, it gets confusing for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, for a lot of people out there that say, geez, I, I want to invest, but I don't want to take a lot of risk in retirement. You know, maybe I'm on fixed income, all those different kinds of things. And as you said, I think wisely a moment ago that you set out what your goal is, and then behind that, you're going to put in place the strategies that you want to use. But is there any one strategy that's more important than any other that you would tell people, Andrew? Well, um, well so let's take that. You know, So somebody comes to me and say, these are my goals, right. and I do a calculation and say, well, you need a 4% rate of return to hit that goal. I mean, should that person be doing 100% of their investing in stocks just to get a 4% rate <laughs> no. of return? No, but they they need to have some equity exposure, and they need to have a fair amount of equity exposure to be sure that over the long term they outpace, outpace inflation, but they don't need to be taking all that much risk. So, you know, the, uh, the key is understanding what rate of return you need to hit your goals, and if that rate of return is ridiculous, like let's say you need 9% rate of return, you need to change your goals. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Uh, and uh, But, you know, I think that a diversified portfolio is always wise. I think you need international exposure with some of your monies in today's world. And, you know, international exposure doesn't mean you have to be buying stocks in the rest of the world because a lot of great companies in the U.S. are more of an international play than they are a domestic play. You know, Coca-Cola does 80-some percent of their revenue outside of the United States. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, you're really looking at a situation here where you, you know you want to have a good mix, and that's what you guys do, right? Well, that's what our, you know, that's what a a true, what we consider to be, you know, many years ago, Gary, 1995, when I started to form the company that we see today, the financial consulate, I said that there should be six things that a financial advisor should do to be able to provide professional advice to people. I said, number one, they need to be independent. Number two, they need to be fee-only so that they're not beholden to any commission. Right. Number three, they need to be experienced. Four, they need to be educated. Five, they need to be credentialed. And six, now here's the big one, they need to be what's called a fiduciary, meaning that you have to work in a client's best interest based on the interpretation of the Supreme Court rulings going back to the 1960s of what a fiduciary is working for um, you, you know, a client. Right. And, and that's the big one. Most people don't realize that 95% of people hold themselves out as a financial advisor to have no fiduciary obligation to the client. And I, yeah, you think I'm exaggerating when I say it's 95%? Nope. I can assure you it is 95%. Andrew, I always uh, wish we had more time to spend with you, but we had a great time today, as always, and we'll look forward to having Ryan back next week, too. But uh, the number there, 334-1861. That's 717-334-1861 for the Financial Consulate in Gettysburg. And you can also go to ryanfox.info uh, to get more information and to get cuts of this show. Andrew, always a pleasure to have you on. I look forward to the Thank next you, time we Gary. meet. Take care. Take care. Right, you too. Andrew Tignanelli here on the Gary Sutton Show on WSBA.